Hi, welcome to episode 17 of Talk About the Passion. I'm your host, Christian Campagna, and today I'm talking to my friend Buzz McGrath from the band Unearth. Before I get to that, though, a couple of things. How are you doing? Uh, I put this episode together uh, a while back, and I'm airing it two days after the Super Bowl. I don't know the uh, outcome of the game, but I'm, I'm confident enough to uh, congratulate the New England Patriots on their sixth Super Bowl win. That was that was just fucking amazing. And uh, no, I'm kidding. It's February 5th and they lost. Uh, life goes on and uh, so does this intro. So uh, uh, I'm on social media. If you search for Talk About the Passion podcast, you should be able to find me there. Same goes for uh, wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. You can find me there and subscribe if you like what you hear. And then you won't miss any new episodes. So then, let's get to today's episode. Uh, I've known Buzz uh, since the early 90s when his band was called Point Oh Four, uh, which eventually became Unearth. Uh, his stepbrother, Sean, is uh, one of my closest friends uh, for years, and uh, as is his other uh, brother, Ryan. Uh, the whole family are great people. Uh, so I was psyched to uh, hang out with Buzz for a bit and talk about music and uh you know, we talked about how Unearth got together, the, the songwriting process, uh, and then some crazy stories from, from Tor, and uh, yeah, so we definitely go all over the place in this episode, and uh, if you know Buzz, he's a pretty hilarious guy with uh, <laughs> some amazing stories, and uh, yeah, so in the interest of keeping these intros shorter uh, moving forward, let's get to the episode. Uh, episode 17, Buzz McGrath. Uh, thanks again for listening and uh, enjoy. So I'm here with uh, my friend uh, Buzz McGrath. We're here in uh, Beverly, Mass. Uh, hanging out with some adult beverages, and uh, so wh- where did you grow up? You grew up here in the North Shore. Yes, right? Lynn, Massachusetts, born and raised. Yeah, um, moved around a lot when I was a kid. It was just me and my mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think she probably had me when she was like twenty years old. Yeah, something ridiculous. She yeah. just wanted a party, you know. Right. <laughs> and then this baby came along. Yeah, and my birth dad died when I was like probably six months old or something like that. Okay. So we moved around a lot. I think probably just because. She didn't pay the rent, and they're like, oh, we got to go. Right, right. <laughs> so, you know, settled down on Bowler Street in Lynn. Yep. And that's where, you know, I met Sean through, yeah. through, through Bob, right. my stepdad. Yep. And, uh, yeah, just nice. skated and everywhere. That was about it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how old were you when you started sort of getting into music? Uh, I remember I always wanted to play guitar because mm-hmm. I saw the uh, Scorpions Rocky Like a Hurricane video. Yeah. That was the first thing I was like, I need to do what the, whatever that is, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, and I was always into guitar. I always asked my parents for a guitar, and they were like, no, nah, no, nah, you don't need it. And I, I kind of kept hounding them. Yeah. And uh, they never bought me one. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I got into guitar through Sean. Yeah. And all his, like, heavy metal friends, because right, he right. was a few I- years older than me. Right. And uh, they would always have guitars coming in and out of the house. And yeah, yeah. So I was, you know, into music, like, metal and stuff, but... Right. Never actually played until that was around me. Right, right. And uh, who were some of your first like favorite guitar players? Definitely. Uh, who was who did I like first? I mean, going way back, uh, I was like Pete from Sick of It All. He was yeah. kind of a big influence when I first started playing. Yeah. Got the uh, Epiphone SG. You yeah, know, yeah. I was trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. And then when I got into death metal. Um, Definitely uh, like Trevor Perez from Obituary. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the early on I was digging those type of things. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't anything that I was trying to study and learn. It was just right. like I was still just starting out playing guitar, just right. having fun with it. And yeah. other influences down the road, you know, Ingve, you know, yeah, I love yeah. just the 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 madness of I tried to name my cat Ingve Meowstein, <laughs> but what happened? I, I think yeah. I got un- outvoted. outvoted my, yeah. uh, there was a name he his name came with or Bill Bill Closby, yeah. <laughs> but then there was all the raping going on. So nice, nice. Yeah, I knew a guy that had a bong called uh, Wesley Pipe. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think you told me a story at one point. Trevor came up to you and was like, "You're, I, I love your band," or, or something like that. Was the, it Trevor? The story goes with that was uh, 
we had started a band. Uh, it was me and the early formation of what was on Earth. Mm-hmm. Me and Ken Susie and Mike Rudberg and Tony Gabuccio were in a band called Point Oh Four. Yeah. And we made some member changes at, at a certain point. I think Ken went up to uh, Trevor because Trevor was in another local band that we played with. Yeah. Second Division, I believe. Yeah. Well, these local band names yeah, are always yeah, yeah. hilarious. Right. Um, and he's like, Can we, you know, we need a singer. Yeah. And Trevor wasn't initially interested. Uh, right. And then I think he tricked him into coming to a practice for what was supposed to be Ken's side project. Oh, with, really? With Mike. But it was actually a band practice of Unearth. Oh, I, don't, nice. I don't even know if we had the name then. Right. But he kind of tricked him in and we were playing some songs. Like, all right, you guys are pretty good. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's how that worked out. Nice. Yeah, and yeah. I think he was wearing Tevas with socks, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know this dude. And point oh four is so people probably outside of the North Shore scene, music scene that like, existed at some point. <laughs> like fifteen people yeah, yeah. might know what that is. <laughs> um probably don't know about a little place in Lynn that was called Sneakers that was uh booked by this guy Doug Mascot. Doug Mascot. Uh, uh rest in peace. Yeah, yeah. So he was a character and a half and we you know, we like to talk about him because he's he was yeah a he guy. it was just a place uh it was just a dingy bar where the guy he was kind of just a local kind of like he had like an am radio station yeah and just a, a nice guy who would try to help all bands and yeah. he'd be like yeah you can have shows in this space um i'll give you 90 percent of the door <laughs> <laughs> like all right i think right. we charge like two or three bucks to get right him. right and uh we'd be able to pay all the bands and yeah uh we did a bunch of shows there, and the the floor would just get beer spilled on it, and yeah. people would be slipping and sliding, yeah. and there's always a fight. Yeah, um, I remember I had a VHS cassette tape of a a show that we did there with the band No Choice, also oh, yeah. from Lynn Mass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a fight breaks out. All you just hear is girls screaming. <laughs> people are getting maced. Yeah, yeah. But that's the type of shit that would happen when. Uh, we would sell our own beer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Lombardi, who played guitar in. Right. Uh, early version of 0.04 yeah he would sell beer from behind his amps like because <laughs> yeah. half the people in there were underage right, right, and he would yeah. undercut the bar by like a dollar <laughs> so everyone was pretty much trashed and trashed. it was always a you know you get the young energy people fighting it, it was, was fun though yeah you know, it was mixed with like regulars that were going in there that were like what the fuck is this <laughs> yeah. fucking music going on in here and uh but yeah you guys you guys played a lot there and then uh that was that door deal man <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and uh, so the the name uh, Unearth came from uh, Mike. Yeah, Mike Rubberg came up with that. I was like, yeah, it doesn't make much sense, but it's one word. Right, it's right. chantable. Yeah, yeah. And you guys, uh, so when you when you started playing as Unearth, how long did it take until uh, you guys ended up like getting signed and? Um, maybe like a year or so. Mm-hmm. I remember wanting to quit at yeah. one like two months in. Yeah. Uh, we were playing Safe and Sound in New Hampshire, Rochester, New Hampshire. I don't know if yeah, you've ever yeah. been there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just like an art space type yeah. of place. Yep. And uh, we played a show with a band called Seven Day Curse, which was, they were doing what we were trying to do yeah. at the time really well. Right. And I was like, they're awesome. Yeah. We're terrible. <laughs> I like, it's over. Like, yeah. forget it. Right. And I think, it, you know. We kind of pushed through. I wasn't really going to quit, but it was. I was yeah, scared yeah. that yeah, we weren't yeah. going to be able to do it. You know, right, right. Um, so maybe like a year or so went by. The timeline is fuzzy to me. Yeah. Um, got picked up by a label out of Connecticut called Endless Fight, I believe was the name. Yeah. And that was cool. Like we right. had a demo cassette mm-hmm. that they put onto. They just pressed it onto a CD and yeah, then yeah. just kind of released it. Right, right. Regionally. Yeah. But I think it would took. We started in 98, mm-hmm. and I don't think we really got any significant traction until 2003, yeah. or even 2004. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and that I, th- I feel like that part of uh, metal in Massachusetts anyway, like Boston, was kind of ignoring it. So yeah. You guys kind of had to timing, go around that. Timing was definitely right. Yeah. We put out the right record at the right time yeah. with kind of the right set up for it right and i think people were hungry for something a little bit different yeah because you had bands like uh you know early cave-in mm-hmm. with beyond hypothermia and uh what's the other one there their first two records are yeah yeah th- uh, that one's still the hearts that's the one yeah, yeah, yeah. uh overcast yeah they were doing that before anybody yeah. like years before anybody yeah, yeah. 
and that was the stuff that we were jocking. Yeah. And uh, th- so they like had that those bands come out maybe a little like around the time we did, they probably yeah. would have been much bigger, right, you know, right. or, or, you know, Caven obviously went different right. route. Did, did different stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, and did you guys find it hard to, to kind of identify as a Massachusetts band just because it seemed like people didn't... Not really. Yeah. Um, I think we weren't really... I think we always kind of thought ourselves more hardcore Yeah. at the time right? because it was more of a mix. Our earlier stuff was, you know... We liked hardcore and we liked Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah. So we were trying to do like the Maiden-ish kind of leads Definitely, over. Yeah. We wanted to be like Blood for Blood meets Iron Maiden. Yeah, we wanted yeah. like metal and then people to punch each other like <laughs> right. in the pit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was kind of the initial, right? You know, concept. Yeah, nice. And do you remember a point when, like, this is actually going somewhere? Like you, you felt like. Yeah, it was actually real. Like it was definitely 2004. The yeah. uh, start of 2004, we we were about to put out a record, the Oncoming Storm record, which some argue was our best record. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was the one that came out right at the perfect time. Yeah. And there was a lot of, and then we got uh, Ozfest that year. Yeah. And in March, we had a tour with. Uh, we opened up for Damage Plan, mm-hmm. Hatebreed, and Drowning Pool. Oh wow. And uh, that was when I, I quit my job. I was right, working right. for uh, Limp Public Schools. Yeah, yeah. And it was time to shit or get off the yeah. clock because yeah. I, was, I was taking, like, unpaid time off because yeah, it yeah. was getting really busy. Right, right. And uh, so that was when I was like, okay, you know, this, this could do something. But even then, you know, it's like, because yeah. everything was in place. Like, all right. these cool opportunities were there. And it's like, if you don't blow it, I mean, right. you can turn it into something, yeah. you know, yeah. cool. Yeah, and then did you start meeting some of these... Uh, Bigger musicians like the like Judas Priest or any of the the Dio or the people like that. You start meeting people like that. Yep, uh, especially on that on that particular Ozfest 04. Yeah, which uh, featured the return of uh, Rob Halford uh, yeah. back oh, yeah. uh, fronted Priest, which yeah. was sick. Yeah, oh, yeah. And there was one night Ozzy was sick. Yeah, and. Halford came out and did Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. It was insane. Yeah, it was probably better. So, yeah, you know, I didn't really get to... You don't get to hang out with Rob right. Halford or right, right. Ozzy, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we got to meet a lot of people, and we had a manager at the time who was making moves for us, and I think, yeah. we, you know, we toured Slayer maybe a year or two after that. That's when I, and, uh, I saw you guys up in uh, yeah. Schenectady, I think. That's, uh, I mean, that's what it is. It's like it... As soon as you get some heat on you, yeah. more opportunities open up because yeah, yeah. every other band that is like a headliner, they just sometimes you just don't care. You just want oh, who's gonna help us sell tickets? And right, if your right. band if your band's hot at the time, yeah, yeah. you'll you'll get yeah. you'll get first pick of those. Yeah. What was I remember? Uh, so we we came up to uh, see you with Slayer, uh, you and Sean, your stepbrother. And yep. uh, I remember we all were backstage hanging out with you guys. I think it was maybe like 10 minutes before Slayer came on, and they were like, all right, if you're not on Earth, you got to leave. <laughs> and, you know, it was almost like, don't look anyone in Slayer in the eye. And uh, But you, you got us on the stage, and we got to watch Slayer from the side of the stage. So that was probably one of my top yeah. three it was, musical uh, moments I've ever experienced. One of their guitar techs, Warren, yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, so yeah. I, I asked him ahead of time. I was like, I got some people. He's like, <laughs> all right, you know, you know where to stand. Yeah, that yeah. Beginning of that tour, yeah. Uh, all the techs had uh, cattle prods, like yeah. big yellow, like st- stun things. Yeah, yeah. And I was scared shitless, yeah. and like, yo, if you guys go over your set, you're gonna we're gonna come out <laughs> and stun yeah, you. Yeah, I, I remember the guy was like, don't touch that. Co-. Like there was a cable on the floor. Like, yeah, I'm not touching anything. Yeah. <laughs> Those dudes have been doing it for so long. They just like they yeah, just yeah. know they can see people coming, and they know like what's well, gonna. What's about to happen? Yeah, what yeah. pitfalls could yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, how was that tour with Slayer? Was that that was awesome? Yeah. Uh, Because it was just us and them. Yeah. Which is which was weird. Just a two band bill. Yeah. You know, you hear horror stories about bands getting booed off. Right. But we weren't. We didn't go out there with like cool haircuts or some kind of wacky gimmick. And it was just as soon as you hear it, it's it's metal. You know, people are like, all right, well, even if they suck, we won't boo them. Right. Right. We got booed once. It was only because our intro skipped. Was when we used to run intro from the front of house, yeah, yeah, and he played it in a disc man, oh, and it started skipping, and yeah, yeah. that was uh, like Sacramento was like five thousand people just boo, right. <laughs> like oh shit, and you ended up uh, so you ended up touring quite a bit, so you've you've guys you played in 
How many countries do you, th- you think we've played in? Any country that has electricity. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, every, most European countries, we just, we did the Balkans, like, yeah. a few years ago, like, as in uh, Serbia, Estonia, no, it wasn't Estonia, it was uh, Macedonia, Greece, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we played everywhere. We did yeah. South Africa yeah. a couple years ago, that was cool. Nice. We do a lot of... Uh, Asian territories like Indonesia, Malaysia. Yeah. We did a whole tour over there. Yeah, cool places to go. I I don't really need to go back to anywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like you just because you get you get the offer. Like, yeah, you know what? I've never been there. Yeah, let's go yeah. check it out. Right, shows are good. But I'm mm. I'm tired of traveling. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, and I, there's probably a lot of time where you don't even really get to see anything because you're yeah on you, schedule. You see the whole hotel room and right, then right. Like, you go to the airport. Yeah, and then the U.S. You've played. I remember you played Alaska. Yeah, we've yeah, done Alaska like three, four times maybe. Yeah. So every state. Pretty yeah, much. Right. except I think the Dakotas we haven't done. Really? Oh. We did Wyoming. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. So there was there might be like two or three states we haven't done yet. Yeah, nice. But I'm in no hurry to do those. <laughs> I don't I don't yeah. need to have like, I do it every state. Right, right. Because that show might suck. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. There might be yeah. like 10, ten right, people right. there. Yeah, do you have uh, stories of like just... Where shit just went into the murky waters, into the bad fucking places. I'm trying to think. Those come out after, if I get like two or three more beers, Yeah, that's when it comes out. Because <laughs> I get questions like that all the time. Right, right. And it's like, I don't know, nothing ever happens. And then it's like, you'll be talking to somebody like, oh, this one time. Right, right. A girl did diarrhea in front of us in Albuquerque. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> yeah. That one just popped in my head. Because Albuquerque, we we never do good there. Yeah. But you have to go, you have to play it because it's on your way to get to the West Coast. Like right, you, right. You could have a day off. Right. Or you could hit Make Albuquerque. Money. Right. Nobody there really likes us. Yeah. Um, a lot of bad things seem to happen to us there. Yeah. Uh, but there was one time we were standing outside of the venue after a particularly awful show. Yeah. And this girl in a white dress runs up. Like, you know, you're in the alley by the dumpsters where you load into a dive bar to play. And she just fires off like a a massive giant. (laughs) Just hauls off. She was in and out of there in under 10 seconds with this pristine log. Didn't even wipe. (laughs) Just clipped it off (laughs) and then gone. Somebody said she was on acid. I don't know. She just was a random person. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much sums up Albuquerque for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> um, and so, when's the last time you you did like a big tour? It's been a while now. <coughs> we haven't toured the U.S. since was it March of lat 2017? Yeah, I don't even know. It might even no. It was uh, October. Excuse me, October of 2017. No, 2016. Yeah. We did a tour of uh, U.S. with Soil Work, mm-hmm. uh, great Swedish metal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the last time we, we, we toured. I think we we took most of this year off to yeah. write and just kind of and kind of go away for a little while. Right. You know, it's like the band goes through lots of ups and downs. You yeah. know, some like you jumped off in 2004. We rode that for a while, and yeah. then it kind of slowed down. And then yeah. there's, you've seen a little bit of ups and downs here and there. It's like, you know what? Let's just pull back for a little while, yeah. write a great record, yeah. and then we're going to go out this year. Yeah. We are confirmed for a popular summer festival tour whose name I cannot yet name because yeah. it's not announced. Right, nice. So the, the, the uh, setup for this record's already off to a, a great start. So nice. I'm looking forward to being busy because this year we didn't do anything. Right. It's one of those things where it's like, while you're out there, I'm like, ah, this is boring. I don't want right. to do this. And then I've been home for a while. I'm like, you know what? You get the itch. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you guys have started recording? Or uh, March, I'm yeah. told, is when we're going to start. Yeah. But we got probably 20 songs written, so yeah. no short shortage of materi- material, so that's good. Yeah. And the, so the process when you record, do you write stuff and can write stuff? <coughs> or you yeah, right, n- right now uh, what we do is me and Ken, on our own, we write stuff uh we have drum programs yeah so we just come up with songs we get another guy helping us out uh he used to play in a band called acacia strain mm-hmm. we bounce ideas off him because just it we just needed to get a third person into the mix like yeah, riff yeah. wise right 
we, me and Kim were writing the same record for, right. <laughs> you know, however many years. Right. So like, let's you know get some other guys like stuff in here. Right. And uh, that's been working out great. Nice. Just whenever I hear a fresh idea with right. our stuff, I'm like yeah. that. That's that's scratching my itch right yeah, there, yeah. you because know, my shit to me sounds the same over and over again. Right. You try right. to dig yourself out of that hole, and right. sometimes you do, but a lot of times it's it's difficult. So yeah. we come up with the songs on our own. Uh, I got Easy Drummer for the drum program. Yeah, I don't know if you ever messed with it, but no, it's, no. it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. It comes with ma- the beats are made. All yeah. you do is like you can make your own. Yeah, but it's easier just to get one and then right, manipulate right. it. Yeah, yeah. Because it's all you know your standard thrash beat and yeah, yeah. this swing right. beat. Yeah, yeah. And you can loop it in the program, and they just you drop the beat in. You're like, nope, don't like that one. Right. And you just keep going, and the, yeah, okay, yeah. that works. Right. So it's a great way to get stuff going. Right. Song wise. Yeah. And then. What I do is I send the uh, song over to our drummer, yeah. who also has a drum program, so that way he can get his ideas in there right. for fills and yeah, whatnot. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know, st- stay close to the beat, right? Unless you think you got something better. But I mean, as a cocky guitar player, it's yeah. like uh, nobody writes better drums than <laughs> me, you know. So <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and w- so, what do you if you get to a point where you feel like you can't come up with something creative? Do you have any like things you do to Get out of that rut. I try to listen to music. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I don't listen to as much music as I did. Yeah. You know, when you're younger, now yeah, I just yeah. listen to podcasts. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, know, uh, I, I go back to like classic rock or, or yeah. the stuff I listened to when I was like between 13 and 16 or something. Yeah. And podcasts. I try to just kind of go through and sometimes I make notes of anytime I hear somebody mention something that's particularly good that came out, like uh, the new creator yeah, or yeah. the creator oh, that yeah. came out last year. Yeah. Uh, I listened to that the other day. Yeah. And then I'm just like, how can I steal some of these ideas right. <laughs> without anyone noticing? Right, right, yeah, yeah. But I'll have a day, like, because I work uh, driving. Yeah, yeah, So I just drive around all day, listen to podcasts, which you yeah. do. And then, uh, so sometimes I'll f- actually force myself to listen to music. Like, yeah. put on some music. Right. And, like, and then I put on music, like, okay, yeah, I love music. Right. <laughs> so, uh, the right, so then you would bring it to the band and... You'll yeah. have sort of a complete Usually what I do is I just send it off in an email yeah. to uh, Trevor and Ken. Because yeah. I just want to write stuff that they like. Right, I want right. them to be excited, you yeah, know? Right. And then Nick gets a hold of it. Our drummer is Nick. Mm-hmm. And then he throws his snazzy little fills. Right. And he overplays always. And it's like, <laughs> dude, just make your life way easier. Don't do as many <laughs> drum hits. You're not getting paid by the <laughs> snare hit. And you... Uh, you have your own signature guitars yeah You've that's really cool yeah because that's like a, uh that's mailbox money yeah yeah. you know when yeah. you least expect it yeah it's not a lot i mean right i drive a 2000 ford focus that i got for free <laughs> so i'm not you know i'm not doing that well <laughs> but yeah that was cool that they were like yeah design a guitar yeah we'll mass produce it and sell it and give you a cut of the proceeds nice dream that's like a dream come true yeah like yeah. a guitar player yeah and that's and, uh, uh and you're Seven strings. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. ESP. Uh, yeah. They, they they hooked it up and they let me redesign it too, like a couple of years ago, which yeah. was nice because you know it, it was out for three years. It did pretty well. Yeah. And then like yeah, do a make a new one. Nice. So it's basically the same one, but just kind of different. Yeah. Uh, finish and fretboard. Right. You've done some uh, like instructional stuff. Did one? Uh, there was a company called Rock House. Yeah. Uh, years ago, they were. I think they were just kind of grabbing anybody that was in a hot band and like we'll we'll uh we'll film it for you yeah. and like do all the stuff right and it was it was cool they paid me pretty well but it yeah. was like i got there and they had to make like some of the backing tracks yeah uh in order to n- to not pay the label they right. had like their buddies like uh, <laughs> record it record yeah. your stuff yep uh-huh. like the uh like the rhythm and the drums yeah yeah and some of them were like yo this beat is janky oh, dude yeah. what are you doing <laughs> right <laughs> uh but i mean there's some cool stuff on that like if you want to figure out like you know some of the unearth stuff right, that i was right. playing yeah, yeah uh and there was a guy there who would tell me what it was yeah that i was playing because oh, i don't yeah. know any theory right right so i'm like this is just like the sweep arpeggio and right. i'm throwing my finger down and pushing this other string right and the guy was like, oh, this is like a B minor arpeggio with this. And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, I would say that. <laughs> like, I started like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, so you, you pretty much taught yourself. Yeah. Anymore. Yep. Just kind of picked it up and uh, got Metallica and Justice for All tab book. Yeah. And just went after it. Yeah. Yeah, those tab books were, uh, were pretty yep. badass. Those are huge, man. Yeah. And, and even in like Guitar World when they had the... Uh, 
like they'd have like a segment of a song. Yeah, yeah. I'd learn like an Eric Clapton song just yeah, to yeah. learn something. I never even heard the song, and I would just mm. play the notes. Probably all wrong. <laughs> yeah, I remember every issue of that, like the like the front page, the front cover would have like five songs on the top. Those were the ones that were in there that you could learn. And yeah. Like they still do those. There's a company called Sheet Happens, as in <laughs> sheet music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, guys from the band Protest the Hero from Canada. Yeah. Uh, great players, and they started to get into t- to the tab book business. Yeah. And we were friends with them. Like, hey, we'll make a tab book for you. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure. Yeah. And what's great is like, they they make it all themselves. They figure it out, and they yeah. and you get like a little USB thing with a bunch of information on it. Mm-hmm. But what's cool is like, is the thing is like, oh, we made a tab book for you. Can you proofread it? Right. <laughs> Absolutely not. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's like songs, and they know that you know, right, and right. like there's songs here that I haven't played in like ten years. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I don't even probably know what it is. Right. You know. Yeah, yeah. I've actually looked at their tab books to learn. Like shit that I wrote. Yeah, yeah. So they have one for our la- our last. They have one for the oncoming storm. Yeah. The one we talked about earlier, and mm-hmm. uh, our last record. The, the hell's the name of that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the name of that last. <laughs> no, hold on. Watchers of Rule. I almost went to the other room to grab the CD. <laughs> Look it up. Like, can you ed- can you edit out that thirty <laughs> minutes of dead air while I look for a CD? <laughs> um, and uh, I remember uh, you telling us a story about uh, someone from obituary maybe coming up to you and you recognized him and you were like, oh, yes, God. that was. Uh, James Murphy. Yeah. He played the guitar on the Cause of Death record. Yeah, yeah. Which, in high school, that was my Jesus. Yeah, yeah that was the one. I'd take the bus to school, listen to that, listen to it nonstop. Yeah. Wore tape out. Got it from Sean Ross. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Sean. Uh, but yeah, the tape had no print on it. It yeah, was yeah. just blown out. And uh, he came up to me, uh, James Murphy. He's like, hey, you want to play on uh, this I don't know, tribute thing he was doing? Yeah. Is he, he, he introduced himself. I'm like, I'm like, wait, are you the James Murphy? <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, you're like my favorite guitar player. Right. Whatever project he was working on, yeah, yeah. kind of didn't really go through. Didn't but. happen, yeah. Huh. But I was definitely flattered for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, did you experience many like rock star moments from many uh, people who were just, I don't even have to name names or anything, but just people S- that were. Somebody being cunty. Atti- attitudes from. Bigger people? Or? There might be some, but typically you don't really run into that. People who make it far in that business yeah. do so because like they're cool. Yeah. And a lot of times if you're an asshole, you get you're found out. Yeah, yeah. And nobody really wants anything to do right. with you. There's definitely gotta be you, you know what happens a lot of times is the the band's tour manager right. can be a cunt. Yeah, yeah. Cause you get somebody trying to make like do a good job for their band and sometimes steps on other people to get there. Right, right. It's always like, you know, if you try to get in line at catering at a, you know, at some bigger shows, they'll feed you a a hot meal. Yeah. And there'll be a guy like, nobody eats until like my band eats (laughs) or something. And you're like, please, dude. Right, right. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. You're not going to have this job. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of times it's just the tour manager just kind of, Right, especially I love the old school tour managers. Yeah, there's one. There was one guy. Uh, we played a show with Mudvayne. Yeah, in New Jersey, there was a promoter down there that was like he was kind of booking hardcore stuff, and yeah. you know I think he was trying to dip his toes, like get bigger shows. So he right. bought a, bought a Mudvayne show, and he's like, oh, he called us up to open for him. I'm like, yeah, sick. And uh, we're talking to him. Backstage, and we're like, "Yo, thanks for having us." And this guy comes up, and he's doing, you know, the finger sandwich where you're like <laughs> pounding a guy in the chest with yeah, your fingers, yeah. screaming about how the beverages were not iced down to artist satisfaction, <laughs> which I kind of get because I love cold beer. Yeah, yeah. Like, but at the time, I was like, "That dude's gnarly." <laughs> Years later, we did a tour with Testament. Yeah. And I, we made good friends with their tour manager, and I was telling him this story, and he's like, "Yeah, that was me." Oh, was it really? Yeah, I was like, holy shit. I was like, dude, we talk about that story all the time. (laughs) That's amazing. Um, And you ended up becoming uh, friends with uh, uh, Dimebag Daryl? Yeah, that tour we did uh, 
in 2004 that I talked about earlier with Damage yeah. Plan. Yeah. That was uh, that was great. Yeah. Yeah. He was the nicest guy right. ever. Yeah. We, uh, it's like day one. I think yeah. even before the tour even started, there was like some sort of kickoff party or some right. something, some yeah. promotional event that Trevor went to. Right. And uh, they just got Trevor wasted to yeah, the point yeah. where he's just throwing up. Those guys <laughs> are, were total pros. Hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. We, we there was one night. It was at the Electric Factory in Philadelphia, and they always did their best to give us like a dressing room area right. or some sort of space. Yeah, yeah. Opening band, you don't usually get that. It's right. fine, whatever. Yeah. So we had this little closet, and I was walking by their dressing room like as they were about to go on, or their pregame, I guess. Right. And the door just opened, and somebody grabbed me by my collar and dragged me in the room and then took put two shots of... Crown Royal in my hand, and yeah. I was in a kind of a group sh- uh, shot situation. Yeah. S- threw him back, and they put a Coors Light in my hand and kicked me in the <laughs> ass out back in the hallway. And I was like, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> yeah, they were they were crazy. At uh, the time, we were gambling. Mm-hmm. Uh, CeeLo was a great way to pass time. We, yeah. you know, pay play for a dollar or whatever. Right, right. Some bullshit. Yeah. And Dime walks over. He's like, "You know, what are you guys doing?" So we show him the game. It was yeah. like five of us. Yeah. And he gives everyone a hundred dollar bill. To yeah. play with, he's like, "This is bullshit." He gives right. everyone a hundred dollar bill, yeah. And somebody beat him, right. and he tried to pay him back, and he's yeah. like, "No, nah, no, nah, yeah, yeah. I don't need it." So he's that kind of guy. Yeah, definitely. it was just like he just for the party. Yeah, you know. Yeah, one of my favorite videos is those the Pantera videos where. Yep. I bought the DVD actually like six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Did they put out like a new thing? Um, I'm not sure. All right, I was yeah. I th- saw something, but I'll watch anything oh, with yeah. those people partying. Yeah, Vinny Paul, he's super nice too. Yeah, run into him every once in a while. Yeah, um, yeah. There's that guy. I think he ate the whole cake. What was that guy? Pat, the their uh, so they're one of their bodyguards. Oh or? yeah, no, that's uh, Big Val. Big was Val, it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, Big Val was security on that 2004 Ozfest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He would just drive around in a golf cart and right. tell people not to get naked. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, w- when you found out about what happened with Daryl, what was that? Must have been that was weird. Yeah. And it was like the fact that somebody could just do that. Right. Could just walk up because yeah. I mean a lot of the shows you play are like, you know, dingy clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Probably do. You know, it's it's weird that that hasn't happened. More. Before, right? You know? I, yeah, I remember thinking that. But it, when you have somebody like who's a notoriously nice guy, right? You know, everyone's kind of like some people. You know, some people are assholes, whatever. Right. You're like, oh, yeah, that yeah. guy's probably a right. dick. Right, right, right. Nobody ever thought that you know Dimebag was like a dick. Nobody right. was like, yeah, 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 he seems like he might be right, an right. asshole. You just see him and you're like, yeah, that like that's the coolest dude ever. Right, right. So that must have been uh, like as a band, did that. You know, make you guys nervous or just not nervous, but not really cautious. Or I don't, I don't know that we didn't really take any preventative right. measures, but yeah, yeah. Um, somebody might do it to Ken. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's easy he's easy to hate. You know, when he's like when you get a guy who just like just like a confident, cocky guitar player, like yeah, yeah. people love to hate it. You know, right? Um, and then sort of going way back is so. Death metal. Do you remember sort of getting into that? That seemed to be like... Yeah, dude, that was uh, all like... uh, At first I was into hardcore. Yeah. I was going to shows, the channel. Yeah. Uh, I forget. I think I saw Iceman. Oh, yeah. uh, At the Edge. Oh, the Iceman. Yeah. Or something, yeah, yeah. At at the Edge, not the actual channel, but a little little, uh, offshoot. Yeah, it was like behind that back alley. Yep. Yeah, that was... uh, that was was friends with Tony Gabuccio at the time. You know, yeah. we just, we grew up skating together. Yeah. And I think you know he was a couple years older, so he he had a line on all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then as soon as I went to one of those things, I was like, oh, this is super cool. And then yeah. we would go to going to Boston every weekend and see right. whoever. I yeah, didn't yeah. even know who it was. Right. And uh, that evolved, and then you know Sean once he got out of his weird. Uh, uh, I don't know, goth phase or or <laughs> was it no grunge came later. He was yeah. into some weird stuff for a minute, and yeah. then he was into like death metal. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that was when I was like, 
into hardcore because back then it was like long hairs and like hardcore people weren't really mixing. Yeah, yeah. But I would hear like that sounds sick, and yeah. of course, you know, obituary cause of death was my right. gateway to all that stuff, yeah. and then I I dove. Yeah. Head first and you know gore guts suffocation and yeah. napalm death. Yeah, all, that, all those cassettes. I yeah, just remember and I've worked at a Rocket Records. Oh yeah, so I remember going to Rocket yeah. Records. And we had to get the concrete street sampler. Car, the samplers, yeah, yeah. The Cannibal Corpse was on there. Yeah, yeah. I remember just re- rewind that one. Yeah, Carcass came up there for like an in-store at one point. Nice. That was uh, I think it was lit. It was like the Heartwork. Yeah. That era. I remember Heartwork when that came out. I was so into like grindcore, and yeah. I was such a cunty grindcore <laughs> snob that I didn't like Dude, hard work. Yeah. I was yeah. like, this is bullshit. Right, Sell right. us up. That's one of the greatest metal yeah, records of back, all time. Yeah. yeah. I think I was sort of the same. I was kind of late to them, but that was... Uh, Swan Song, though. Record. I don't know. I've never listened to that one. Yeah, I didn't give, I didn't, yeah. Uh, give that one much time. Maybe, it's, maybe we were sleeping on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone knows, uh, let, let us know. And um, So that, well, do you remember what your first uh, show was, your first concert? Uh, it might have been at the New World in Lynn. Yeah. I forget who was playing. No, I, I don't forget who was playing. It was Gang Green. Yeah. Somebody booked a concert at the New World in Lynn. Yeah. And there was like, uh, who was, there was the uh, local metal band submission. I don't know. I forget the name of, there was like a big Lynn metal band at the time. Yeah. Was it Submission? No. Subjugator. That was... Uh I think they were in Boston. Who else was there? There was uh, Grief. Yeah. I think they jammed in Lynn anyways. Disrupt. Disrupt. That's yeah. the one I'm thinking was of. It? Yeah. Yep. I think it was a Disrupt and Gangrene. Yeah. Uh, was it even Gangrene? I don't know. I right. might be. And way back, there was a, a band called Spike Raven. <laughs> Spike who Raven. I, that's who tight. Who I never heard. <laughs> but I just remember seeing there, like, when, I would, when we'd take the train to, like, Boston from Swampscott, you would drive through Lynn. And mm-hmm. I remember there was always this Spike Raven graffiti on the wall and that was you know obviously before it was like 1984 so that's all it took no. that's all it took though to pique your interest back yeah, yeah, then it was yeah, like a, a right. logo like yeah, oh yeah. what is that about yeah, yeah yeah exactly and that stuff was uh it was the, you'd get immersed in that stuff and yeah metal and stuff and uh were you into like horror or like that kind of stuff or not really yeah just music yeah yeah, yeah. i mean i watched freddy krueger <laughs> <laughs> Do you uh, do you ever try to play any other kinds of music? I wish yeah. I did. I did actually just learn uh, "Peg" by Steely Dan. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and my friend, uh, his name is Ben Eller. He has a great uh, web series on YouTube every week. He yeah. does Weekend Wank Shop. It's called. Yeah, and he shows you how to play. Oh, really? And he's like, he'll do metal songs right. or whatever. Yeah, and he put up "Peg" by yeah. Steely Dan. I was like. That's sick. Yeah, I need yeah. to learn that. It's like had some like p- finger picking and like wacky chord changes, which yeah, yeah. is just completely foreign to me. Right. Because I just pick the guitar up and play as fast right. as I can. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you can use this other finger to do this. And then like, oh, you need a clean tone. Right. <laughs> so, you know, I spent a whole day like learning, learning those riffs. Yeah. But for the most part, it's like, I don't really have, I mean, I have time, but right. kind of the only thing that I'm really like any good at or passionate about is Playing, is know. playing heavy metal. Yeah. I'll fight through, like, writer's block and just mm-hmm. keep plowing through because I know at the end something might happen. Right, right. Nice. And uh, when you when you guys uh, formed, you also had uh, it was you, Mike Rudberg, Tony. Uh, that was point oh four. Was the first first yeah. band? Yeah, it was me, Rudberg. The first one was me, Rudberg, or any, the, there's other lineups, but, right. you know, it was kind of yeah. like just jamming stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, me, Rudberg, Jay Lombardi, Mark Wysocki, yeah. and Tony. Yeah. That was the, that was the thug point yeah. of four lineup. <laughs> I got a picture of those, those dudes yeah. look gnarly. Yeah. We played those sneaker shows, like, yeah. Jay and Mark would stop playing and fight people. <laughs> <laughs> so it would just be me and, and, yeah. and Mike yeah. and Tony. <laughs> And they're like, where did the other guys go? Right. Oh, they're fighting someone. Yeah. yeah, I think my old band played, uh, Lugnut played with you guys. The Nut. Night. The Nut. Yeah, we did show it up at... Uh, Marblehead High School Mar- That was our, the very first show I ever, I ever played, yeah. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think you mentioned that. That yeah. was a... that w- We just played, like, in the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. It was, like, behind the school. Yep. And somebody was like, yeah, like, they... Do you guys need anything for right. the show? Like, 
do you need any food? I'm like, I don't know. If you can get us some like fruity pebbles, right? That'd be tight. Did they bring they, yeah. <laughs> like I should ask for something else. And uh, Chris, Chris right? Vicky was in was in the band for. Yeah, he he was a member of Point O Four at one point. Yeah. And then when we transitioned to Unearth, he was still in the band for a while. Yeah. What was great about him is uh, when we first were doing Unearth, mm-hmm. uh, Rover was always just a, a crusty old guy, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we'd be like, what's wrong with this dude? Like, he's always, like, pissed off about something. But <laughs> what ended up happening, or or he'd be like, he'd just be drinking in the van. Yeah. And we'd be out like, dude, we're playing a show in Long Island. I can't believe it, right. you know? And yeah. He'd just be in the van, like, I don't know, videotaping something right, or whatever. Right. And we slowly just turned into him. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one time, it was like, I think it might have been like me and Trevor or somebody else just yeah. in the van complaining, like, dude, we literally turned into Rover. <laughs> like, I know. He was so ahead of him. He was yeah. so ahead of times. Yeah. And he, he was another person that was just like the sweetest, the best fucking dude, the yeah. funniest guy. And uh, great, sadly. great, great bass player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I ever saw you guys with him. Yeah. And, uh, and he sadly died in. That was yeah. It was a bum out. Yeah, yep. and, uh, you guys were on tour. No, we were home. Right. I think we were home actually. Yeah. Okay. And you got you got into an accident yeah. and then uh, didn't make it out right. unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, but uh, so Unearth is still going and uh, uh, by some it. miracle, <laughs> by some miracle. Yeah, looking and forward yeah. to this year. Yeah, we got some cool stuff happening. So yeah. awesome. it's fun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We uh we complain a lot about it, right? But you know, I think deep down we all love it because like me and Ken and Trevor, are the original guys in it, yeah. And we all, you know we always we've been joking about breaking up for years, right, right. But we keep showing up. Ken keeps showing up. He's the first guy who I think is just gonna, not going to show up, right, right. But he's still there. I mean, he's, yeah. he keeps coming up. Good. And Trevor's always die hard about everything, yeah. And the new guys are great. Yeah, our bass player Chris, mm-hmm. he is from England but lives in Dallas. Okay. And he's just the most positive dude. Yeah. Which you kind of need, even though we bust his balls about it like constantly. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Nick, he's coming over to, like, Nick, he lives in the Seattle area. Yeah. But he's kind of coming over to our side of negativity. Because yeah. we, you know, like, we like to complain, like, get people to come down in your pit of sadness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, as but you get older, you get a little more uh, yeah. cynical. And Very stuff. cynical yeah. and jaded. Yeah, yeah. So it must be. Uh, I offered to pay uh, our bass player Chris to talk in an American accent. I was like, if you do it for the whole day, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Yeah, and he wouldn't do it. No. And uh, I, I assume too, when uh, new people come to the band, I always think of like uh, when Jason Newstead. Yeah, you get a bus ball. Metallica. Yeah. You always hear these horror stories how they just <laughs> made him drink yeah. tons of alcohol and, and yeah, just. Busted the bus of you guys, yeah, that kind of stuff with the younger. I think with, I think when when Nick joined our drummer, he's been our drummer for maybe, shit, I don't know, probably six years. Yeah, I'm guessing. Right. I don't think we ever gave him the business, although he might tell a different story. Right, right. But our bass player Chris, we definitely, and he's like, he's a big tall guy who could probably whip our asses. Right, right. <laughs> but he's he's just super positive and always gets the kind of the backstage vibe going because you sit around in the club right. like for a few hours like oh this is lame right but he always brings like a speaker yeah puts on some music cracks a beer and tries to yeah to get it going nice you know, he's the classic bass player like big bushy hair tight jeans big white <laughs> sneakers yeah <laughs> only thing <laughs> only problem is he's hello mom does <laughs> he wear the backwards uh Hat. No, no, he <laughs> should though. That would be a, a tight like, accessory. Yeah, like the back, the backwards uh, Kango hat. Those style bass players. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's cool. I'm glad to hear you guys are still. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> we don't know how to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're like a bad penny. We keep showing up. <laughs> Have you guys had uh, issues like traveling overseas with, uh, like being? Luckily, no. I'm yeah. a knock on wood. Yeah. Um, we always try to go in clean, you know, you never try to lie about stuff. Right, right. Sometimes a promoter will be like, oh, if you're coming over, just, it happened, I think, the last time we were going to Indonesia. Yeah. Like, oh, just say you're doing this. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm right. not going to fly <laughs> yeah. to a foreign country, make up a story. Right. Yeah, so. Hell no. Right. So we always try to go in clean. Right. Uh, Canada's cool. We used to always go to Canada yeah. a ton because, you know, 
it's back in the day and it still is a great market. Right. Uh, we would try to get over there. And speaking of Rover, yeah. our first time up there, we did a show with two shows with the band One King Down. I don't know if you remember that yeah, yeah. great late 90s hard yeah, band. Yeah. Uh, so we're like, sick, that's going to be awesome because they were yeah. huge back yeah, then. Yeah. So we get up to the border and I think Rover had some sort of uh, felony on his record or something, right. maybe like a DUI. I don't right. remember what it was. Mm-hmm. So they, we, they didn't let us in. Yeah. So I got that sucks. Right. So we even went to like another border, like kind yeah. nearby, and they're right. like, "What? You know, go to the other border. What are you guys right. doing here?" Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we tried to go in again to do some shows, maybe a few months later. Yeah. And sure enough, you go in, they run your names. Oh, sorry, you can't get in. Yeah. So this time we dropped them off at the bus station in Buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> and then we went and played the shows. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we sent them home, and the shows were sick. Yeah. And they never stopped being sick. Right. And we used to like smuggle in CDs. Yeah. And uh, you could fit almost 300 CDs in a Marshall cab, I think. Oh, yeah. So yeah. You, we would take the back off with the yeah, drill, yeah. stack it with CDs. Oh, nice. And pull it in. Because you used to have to claim merch. It was all right. this whole thing. But the laws have changed. I don't know what happened, but we started just doing it legit. Yeah. And it's been way easier. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. Yeah, yeah you always hear of uh, bands like all putting like 30 T-shirts mm-hmm. on a piece. And, uh, and it's so like less stressful right yeah yeah because it's already a stressful situation anyways like you just like in line like i'm under scrutiny i'm going to be under scrutiny like here and And the the tactics they use is to make you feel like you've done something wrong even when you didn't yeah yeah. what's worse now is coming back in to the united states is really hard is it yeah uh yeah those you 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 just see the guy coming up it's like (laughs) he's just puffed up and just like look on his face like all right well right He's like, "Where's the weed, guys?" Right. <laughs> we don't have anything. We're not right. stupid. We this right. is our this is our livelihood that we do this right. for work. Yeah, we're not gonna eightieth fucking yeah. We're not gonna f- we're not gonna fuck this up by right. you know someone getting pinched for right. Some well, there was a guy crossed over in uh, Sarnia. Yeah, that's it's like out in like Minnesota maybe right or some weird central U.S. Border, mm-hmm. and there was a guy we called him Mr. Hands because <laughs> he was short right. and he was just a cunt. Yeah, <laughs> and it was one of these times we got dragged in, like, like searched oh, yeah, individually. Yeah. Right, As I'm a grown man, right? You know, yeah. it's like, come on here, right? Yeah, I know it's at the point where you're like, I would be pissed if someone on the tour like was trying to sneak shit in. Yeah, just at this point, you guys is a career. We, we got pulled over, uh. Years ago, it was 2011, we were doing the uh, Mayhem Fest. Yeah. And we were driving to the D.C. show, Washington, D.C., or, or Arlington, wherever it was right. o- outside yeah, of D.C. Yeah. area, or Maryland, whatever the fuck it is down right. there. Uh, get pulled over 8 a.m. for some reason. Right. So we were sharing a bus with the band Red Fang. Mm-hmm. And uh, great dudes, by the way. Shout yeah. out to Red Fang. So everyone's sleeping. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody up, you know, yeah. uh, state police, whatever. We're like, oh, what the fuck is this? People hung over. Right. People just went to bed like yeah. half an hour Ooh, ago. Yeah, yeah. So I was just sitting on the highway, just a mess right. of like 10 men yeah, just, yeah. just looking <laughs> like hell. Right. So they're like, all right, we're going to search the bus for drugs. We're like, yeah, whatever. We don't, we don't have anything. Go ahead. Yeah. Right. Have, have at it. Yeah. Uh, so now we have like kind of like one lane of the highway blocked. So traffic, it's a weekday. Right. That area of the country is not too good for traffic. Oh, yeah. Traffic starts backing up. So they bring a dog. Yeah. And the dog's sniffing around. And the dog hits on the side door of the trailer. Yeah. Because like the big back ramp door and the side door. Yeah, yeah. And the side door had a lock on it right. that nobody had a key to. Yeah. Uh, the trailer came with the bus. Right. And the driver was like, I don't, I don't even know. I don't have the key for that. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you could open the back, but it's stacked with gear. You can't get yeah. to there. So like, oh, we got to get in there. Yeah. So they call up uh, the fire department to oh, come sure. cut the lock. <laughs> so now there's another lane of traffic blocked right. with a fucking fire engine, fire engine to cut a lock. And right. they couldn't even cut it. Right. And we ended up let it, letting us go. But right. it was like, yeah, it sounds like really? Right. You guys just. And I remember the, I remember the, uh, the whoever the head cop was. Right. He must have been like 25 years old. Like, right. This right. fucking cunt. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to show out, you know. Have you. Uh, didn't you have a situation where you were. Somewhere, getting pulled over, or and the uh, police knew, or the, one of their kids knew who you were, or something. No, but I was at a strip club once. Yeah, 
And uh, <laughs> the uh, the oldest, most hideous stripper there yeah. asked us what was up. I'm like, oh, we played a show down the street. And she's like, oh, what band? And we told her. And she's like, oh, my son's at that show. <laughs> and she called him yeah. and gave me the phone. Oh, my God. And I was like, hey, I'm at work. Your mom's at work. <laughs> <laughs> that was awkward. Yeah. The police story was somebody who knew us. That might happen. I, it doesn't ring any bells right, right now. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so there was a story I think of. Uh, it was I think it was another border crossing. Yeah, border crossing. Winnipeg. Yeah, that's number two in one of my least favorite cities. Yeah, I think me and Trevor almost got jumped there once. Yeah, uh, it's just shows are good, but it can be weird. But there was a girl on the bus, and I think she was doing something to someone in the back lounge. <laughs> yeah. And the bus driver came, was like, "Yo, we gotta go." Right. Maybe she's doing something to several people in the right. back lounge. Right. And she was on her way up, she threw up semen yeah. on the uh on the floor. I get another semen story too. You, we might be confused. Sure. I'll I'll get to that one next. Actually the other one wasn't really my story to tell, right. but this one is. Okay. So she threw up like a white cloudy mess on the little yeah. kitchenette floor. Yeah. Uh and she was kinda drunk and never got, get her out of here, you know. Right. So we had to cross the border into the United States. So we're getting close to the border and our tour manager uh he picks up a purse. Right. He's like, oh, she left her purse here. I was like, maybe that was why was she was screaming running after the bus. Because <laughs> like, this girl's crazy. She's running after the bus. Uh, so he just throws it in the trash. And we get to the border. And the U.S. border customs guys search the bus. And they look in the trash. Right. And it, they're taking a little while in there, a little longer than shit. I'm like, I'm starting to get nervous. And right. then they walk in. With yeah. the purse, yeah, and I'm like, "Fuck!" Right? Like, what do they think happened? Right? And they're like, "We can't let you go until we confirm that this person is alive and well." <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck! Like, we're dead. Like, yeah. we're gonna live right. at this border yeah, yeah. <laughs> or to go to jail." Right? Uh, they, I think somebody who was with us had her number. Yeah. And so they called the girl. Like, yeah. Somehow got a hold of her. Yeah. And they was like, "Can you just confirm your name and date of birth?" Right. And she missed her date of birth by one day. <laughs> So like they, he he told us like I can't let right. you guys go until yeah, yeah. we confirm this. So they had to send Canadian mounted police. Right. In quotes, I don't know if they use that or not, but. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they had to go confirm that that person was alive. Luckily, the guy was like, "You guys can go to the bus and go to sleep, right. but you just can't roll until we get the right. green light." Yeah. But there was another semen throw up story <laughs> <laughs> about a girl slipped on some frozen semen. Is that the one you were thinking of? <laughs> that was. Uh, I don't even want to name the band we're on tour with, but it happened on their bus. Yeah. And uh, there was a girl, uh, just a, not a nice, or a very nice girl, <laughs> depending <laughs> on what I think about it. Uh, she, it was in the UK, and she vomited outside of the bus door. Yeah. And the, the semen vomit had frozen over. And this was day one of the tour. Right. And one of the other band's guitar, or drum techs, came out and slipped and like broke his ankle <laughs> on the frozen semen <laughs> and had to go home. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That's uh yeah, any any stories like that are always uh, <laughs> <laughs> definitely uh definitely interesting. They're definitely interesting. None uh, of my semen was in that puddle. No, yeah. I no, want to clarify. No, I know. <laughs> um, the uh did you have ever ever any sort of crazy fan stories like People that were maybe being a little too. Uh... There was a guy in uh, Paris, mm -hmm. um, nice enough guy. Yeah, I, no, wasn't really, really creeped out, but I guess I was a little creeped out. Uh, a lot of times in the like the bigger European cities, you have to, the bus gets there and you have to get everything into the club, and then the bus goes far away. Right. So you don't have that for the yeah, day. Yeah. You have to find something to do. Right. And it's always like nine or ten a.m. Yeah. So I gave the bus. I kind of. Sleepy with like a backpack. Yeah. And there's a guy out front with a t-shirt with my picture on it. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? It's right. like 10 in the morning. And yeah. why is there a picture of me on your shirt? <laughs> nice enough guy, though. Right. I think he was just kind of a, a super fan. But that was yeah, that was interesting. Or a guy uh, in Sacramento had me sign his herniated testicle. <laughs> <laughs> and it was herniated. Yeah. <laughs> That where we played, it was like a, the venue had a parking lot with had like a gate, yeah, uh, like a, you know, six inch, in between each bar, yeah, yeah, and the guy's like, hey, sign my friend's nuts, yeah, and he pulled out this cantaloupe, 
But it was his testicle, and he oh. squoze it through the gate, <laughs> and I had a Sharpie. I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. I hope he lived. It was, like, right. bad. That was in uh, France? No, uh, no Sacramento. 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 Yeah, Sacramento. Yeah. If you've ever been to Sacramento, the story is even more believable. That's why they call it the sack, mm-hmm. I think. Um, do you have sort of a, a favorite place that you like to play? Uh, I mean, definitely Southern California, just yeah. because it's awesome to be there. Right. Uh, Texas is cool. We always do good in Chicago. Yeah. It's always a fun city. Yeah. Lynn, Massachusetts, any yeah. chance we get? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you guys, the last time you played was, was I think, after, was that after Chris Dine was the last? Yeah, Lynn, yeah, that was the uh, the St. Michael's Hall show. Yeah, yeah, that was a good time. I mean, we played. get reunion. Yep. And Everyone was like, let's get the band back together, <laughs> man. <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. Those are tough though, like when you gotta hang out with all your friends and get drunk and then play. Yeah, yeah. I that's why I hate local shows. Like, I think that's why uh, Sean and I came up to see you guys in Schenectady. Yeah, like you, you were like, if you come to a Boston one, I'm not even gonna be able to like talk. Yeah, to you. you're way more like into the groove. Like, if I'm home, I'm probably just gonna go home yeah. and then hang out and then go to the show. Or yeah. if I'm at the show, it's like all my friends are there. Like, oh, let's party yeah. and have a good time. And then you have to do work. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like fuck, this yeah. sucks. Yeah, it happened. We just played. Uh, Sinclair, about a year ago. Yeah. And uh, great. I love that venue. It's awesome. And, uh, you know, everybody came out. I was like, I just want to hang out and, like, and party with you guys. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, eh. I used to be able to get pretty drunk and play. Right. But now I can't. No. It's impossible. It just, you can do it, but my... I get so weak. Yeah. Like yeah. my ha- my right hand just is fading. Yeah. Fading, fading. Older, yeah. So do you guys do the beer funnel anymore? Not anymore. Yeah. I mean, if one comes out, I'll do it. The yeah. problem with it was nobody, nobody would clean it. Yeah. And so it would so come so out, it would taste like Chinese food. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, like, right. it would just sit in a trailer. Right. Just 100 <laughs> Bud Lights. Just yeah. Just, just getting poured through that, that night. It was fun, though. Yeah, we yeah. We had these beer towers one night that we bought. Yeah. Uh... They're a popular item now at bars. You see yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we put them on the, uh, like, the two bass cabs that are on the either side of the drum riser. So right. you, know, you have the guitar cabs and then two bass cabs and yeah, then the yeah. guitar cabs. Yeah. And then we had them backlit with, like, a, a can. Yeah. So when the intro rolled, you just see these, like, glistening towers of, like, <laughs> beer. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was my favorite production <laughs> that we've ever done. Yeah. I was very surprised you guys had never got uh, sponsored by us. A beer company. We tried to get OE to sponsor us. Yeah. Uh, we had a, a manager a long time ago, had an assistant. Yeah. His name was uh, Anthony Martini. Mm-hmm. I think he works for, he works for some huge rapper now and does uh, like private jets. Is like, yeah. so everybody who works for us always goes on to do way better things. <laughs> uh, but he sent a proposal to Old English. Yeah. About like like a legit one about yeah, yeah. you know referencing Jägermeister because Jägermeister was like sponsoring a lot of metal bands right. and stuff, so you try to get OE onto it. Yeah. I think they're probably owned by Coors or Miller right. or whatever. Yeah. They're like, no, nah, we're good. Right. <laughs> Do you have any sponsorships? You have uh, as far as like your like instruments and stuff like that. Yeah, we. It's you know what's it's it's awesome because I get strings for free. Yeah, yeah. I get some amps yeah. for free. I get free guitars. You know who needs those things is like the band starting out who have nothing, <laughs> and then like you get popular as a band. Well, I mean it's it's basically an ad. Yeah, yeah. you know you're an yeah, ad yeah. for stuff, so right. yeah. companies will give you stuff. It's not it's not as prolific as it used to be. There was right. a time where it was like there was a lot of companies and they were just like, you just get tons of shit. Yeah, I think a lot of companies pulled back, yeah. or maybe it's because my band isn't as cool. <laughs> but I like to think that the companies tighten tighten yeah, the leash yeah. on that. I, th- I remember coming to see you guys in uh, Pomona, the glass house. Mm-hmm. The yep. Pomona, I think. Yeah, Jaeger was out of that. Yeah, yeah. And I got an amp. For, they had a, a Jaegermeister like PV amp with oh, a Jaeger logo on it. And I got like a skateboard. Huh. I remember Ken, like someone presented him like three shirts that like you have to wear one for. <laughs> I don't remember the company, but it was, uh, I think maybe him and Trevor were wearing. Oh, yeah. There's always there's always clothing companies. Yeah. Like. Because you know you want to get your shirt on somebody who might yeah. wear it on stage, and they might yeah. say that's cool. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, Jaeger was good. They they did a lot for metal. Like yeah. they would sponsor tours. Right. I don't really like the beverage. Right, right. Yeah. But they were a fun company to work with. Yeah. And uh, so I guess to close it out, uh, you guys are on. We're Metal Blade. 
So we did Metal Blade, and then we went to E1 yeah. for the last record, and then that contract's up, and we were about to sign with another company mm-hmm. who I won't name because if that right. if that deal goes sideways <laughs> within the next week, then right, it'll right, sound right. stupid. Yeah. But another good company that we've worked with before. Yeah, nice. But Metal Blade was cool. Yeah. Uh, we did a few records with them. I think we just wanted to try something different. Yeah, you know? yeah. But you, you try everything when your band isn't as popular as right. it once was. You're like, what do we do? You know? Right, right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad uh, to hear you guys are still kicking and doing it, and uh, we look forward to hearing some new shit from you guys. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, doing this, man. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate awesome. it. Definitely.